Got it. You got it? Perfect. Um, yeah, it's... Um, for once, the East, on paper, looked to be the stronger conference as far as um, the NBA. It's true. Which it's is true. A throwback hey, to, to your era of NBA basketball. These are the, these are the good old times when we had... Um, you know, the Bulls and the Knicks and the Pistons. It felt like the Eastern Conference Finals was the finals every year. Yep. You know, if you if you could get past Detroit, if you get past um Boston. Boston or well, or uh the Knicks or uh whoever Philly one of those years, you're in pretty good shape. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Griff. Another episode of the Beer Engine Podcast. Ooh, doing my vampire voice. Uh, as usual, joined by uh, the man from the farthest of the West Coasts, uh, it's Tony. Uh, Tony, how you doing? From the east coast of Australia, but west of me, if I think about it that way. So, uh, I assume I assume you were a big, you were celebrating hard for the big uh, victory of the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Probably the closest team to you, right? If if we yes. had to pick one, if we had to pick one, or oh no, because they're further north, and we don't, we no longer have the Chargers. In, well, the Chargers are are uh, in the same stadium, so I guess they're exactly the same distance away. Yeah, yeah. But what I was talking about is San Diego might be slightly closer when the Chargers used to be located in yeah. San Diego. So yes, they would probably be the closest NFL franchise, unless we get one All in right. Mexico anytime soon. Um, didn't they? They used to play a game in New Mexico City once a year, if I recall yep. correctly. So maybe, maybe someday, uh, maybe someday, Shahid Shahid Khan will move the Jaguars to the to London or whatever the hell they were talking about doing a while ago. Is that the most uninspiring sports team of them all, um, Jacksonville Jaguars? Because, like, I know they've mm. achieved stuff, but like, as far as the whole package, they've the achieved city? stuff. I don't think so. I. Well, I don't think they've achieved very much. Let me put it this way. They got a mention on um, what was the um, the good place. Um, that was that was one of the things from oh, wow. one of the characters was a big Jacksonville Jaguars supporter. So, But, oh, wow. like, there's nothing about Jacksonville that's inspiring as a place. There's nothing that's inspiring about the uniform. There's nothing that's exciting about their stadium. It no. is just a like. At least the Cleveland Browns are so comically bad. You can like yeah. embrace you can that, and there's a history yeah. there with with. Um, their I don't know. Side. I I, th- I think Jacksonville is probably up there, but I I would say lately, and I know we don't have a ton of hockey fans in the in the um in our circle here. The, the Arizona Coyotes have got to be right there. Okay, um, Arizona. Is uh, they're truly horrific, um, and they are their lease is ending at the stadium that they play in, and they're not moving uh, cities. They just decided to play at the Arizona State like 
college ice arena, which only has 5,000 seats, which is like a quarter <laughs> of what any respectable arena has in it. Yeah. And every, and they're just okay with it. And I'm like, that's nuts. You, I mean, it's like a minor league. I mean, the, it actually is going to be smaller. So down the street here by the Green Valley Ranch, Tony, they're building the big arena for the, for the AHL, for the Henderson Silver Knights and for the indoor football league team. And that's probably going to have 6,000 seats, I would say, or 6,500. So they're going to be outdrawing the uh, the Coyotes here in, in Henderson. We'll have two hockey teams that are doing better than the. <laughs> which is why I think I think hockey is the one sport, Tony, and, and we've never talked about this before, but it's a stupid topic. It's the one sport, I think, in North America that could do promotion relegation. I think hockey is the one that should do it. That's my controversial opinion that I'm coming out with in the first three minutes of this is that there should be like 50 hockey teams in the continent and they should do a two, two division league. My only issue is how does that work with the salary cap though? Because get rid of it. Everyone hates it already. Anyways, okay. ditch it. fair enough. That, that was yeah, going to be my like, only question because I don't see relegation working with a salary cap. If you're going to have a salary cap and a draft, then you don't relegate people, and that's that's the same in Australia. We don't have any relegation sports. I'm not actually a fan of relegation sports. I know they they work in Europe, but I don't think. Yep. In I just think it sucks to have a team like Arizona that just sits around and and profit shares and has a five thousand seat arena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just some guy getting rich, really not having to do anything except toss out a truly horrendous team. Yeah, I do see a massive problem with that. In Australia, it's slightly different and there's no incentives with private ownership to actually suck balls. Um, Right. So every team is is trying to move forward and that model works. And there's a bunch of teams in hockey. I mean, I think even worse than basketball. I mean, no basketball has historically bad franchises that are just consistently bad. But hockey, you look through some of these teams and I know some of them are like, just these historic teams, your yep. your uh, Buffalo and fucking Edmonton, and some of these teams that are just they're just bad all the time, or they just make truly awful, brain numbing decisions. And there's really no punishment for it other than you know your fans get mad at you for a while or whatever. Yeah, but and, and I actually think that's yeah. that's the bigger issue. If a team, I understand rebuild periods, but over the course of a fifteen year span. There needs to be some sort of move on these owners that are just using it for profiteering of, of revenue yeah. sh- sharing. And we used to have that with the Clippers. I don't think we've got that anymore in the NBA. I think most owners are trying to win. There's just some terrible yeah. franchises out there. Okay. Key amongst them has to be the the capital sure. of California, right? They have to be one of the worst NBA franchises. New Sacramento. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Look, Sacramento is not good. Yeah, they're not good, and they have no future. And they traded away they their best player for pieces. They haven't been good since since the bat since the Tim Donahue yes. game yep. in the Western Conference Finals with Chris Webber and Mike Bibby and uh, all them fellers who played on that, them teams there. Uh, and good team though. My bigger issue is their their commentary team is now just a standard NBA commentary team home announcing team back in the old days we used to have um that redhead that's been fired from every job because he's a 
truly offensive man. I can't even remember his name. Oh, yeah, sure. Somebody Reynolds, I think. All right, yeah. don't, don't remember, yeah. Yeah, he's been cancelled. Um, Bert, Bert Reynolds. No, just <laughs> no do not, do not um, put his m- mouth in your name for being cancelled. Bert Reynolds. He, my mouth in his name. <laughs> I'll never put it. I'll never put my mouth in his name again. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> but anyways, you could have fifty teams. There's enough Canadian cities that could do a team. I bet. I bet if you slapped a team in somewhere like fucking Halifax or something today, uh, the people would go nuts. They they draw the stadium out every night, um, and uh, they would kick the living shit out of Arizona. Yeah, and it's not even so much location. You're seeing great success in Las Vegas. I'm sure you're not the only fan. Yeah. It's about it's about the whole package. It's about marketing and it's about mm-hmm. community engagement. So, yeah. And they're great. They are great at that stuff here. Um, that's the stuff they do really well here. So, um, But, yeah, turn hockey into promotion or relegation. Don't do it with baseball. That was a stupid idea. Uh, I've heard that many times. Baseball is not a good idea, but hockey would work. Yep. Um, all right, Tony. So we had the Super Bowl. We had a nice time, Tony. We, uh, you, did you watch any of it? Did you I sit, did. There, sit through any of these commercials or any of that shit there? We didn't get the commercials. There was nothing mm-hmm. that I heard that was super amazing that I needed to bother looking up on YouTube. Did watch the game, uh, but I watched it on mute. So, okay, yeah. that's the right way to do it. You didn't have to listen to Al and Chris or whatever. That's exactly the announcing team we had, and. Uh, of course, the uh, Republican um, Party leader or whatever she is now, um, Michelle. Oh, Michelle Tafoya. That's right. I, yeah. I saw that. That's crazy, huh? Congrats, oh, yeah, crazy. To you, Michelle. Uh, yeah, yeah, very cool. Upper middle class and white the lady, woman is the, other, the leader of a Republican the other, state party. The other, lady, the other lady, I couldn't stop re- trying to pinpoint her, and I, I was like, oh, it's the lady from um, Always Sunny. But uh, that, it actually is not her. It's a different, it's a different lady who looks a lot like her. It's just like, why is a comic lady doing the whatever? I mean, sure, fine. I mean, don't she? She can have two jobs. That's yeah. cool. Girl, bo- hashtag girl boss uh, alert or whatever. But uh, no, don't it's just a totally say that different. Again on this podcast, <laughs> it's just a totally fucking, totally fucking different person. So. Uh, sorry, Catherine Tappan, but I did. I I did think you. She sort of looked like the uh, the lady from Always Sunny. So, oh well, that's fine. Um, did not hit any bets, Tony. I didn't hit one bet. I did win the prop sheet pool at at the at the Malika household. Nice, because I so lost. Pat on the back for that. I lost my prop sheet pool. Um, yeah. But no, we I, hit the target. I should have gotten you in ours, Tony. I should have had you Venmo me five dollars. I could have had you play in ours too. Absolutely, because um, I would have done that. I did, of course, nail the national anthem. I'm not sure what the um, the line was at the Malika household, but it was ninety and a half seconds. The line wasn't it? Not, oh my god, that's short. Yeah, you went over. I think right. Well, of course, you always yeah, go over. Ninety on the and a half. Anthem. It's usually like one. Isn't the average like one fifty seven or something like that? The average is, but know. you had a country star this time. and But, of course, knowing how terrible modern right. country is, it's just pop music under a different name. Sure, right. Yeah, it's, you know, just everything else. Everything is bad now, but remember when it was good? That's every country song. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I, I remember losing the coin toss on yeah, my actual that. bets. I remember losing the... Um, 
some other fucking dog shit that I made a stupid bet on. Oh, my favorite one that I always that I lost this year, which is the shortest touchdown over one and a half yards that didn't come through, or maybe I didn't bet it. I don't remember. But anyways, it got fucked up and I didn't win anything. But we did eat. I I did eat three Italian beef sandwiches, Tony, which <laughs> was a uh, decision. Um, a it was amazing. Decision. Not a great decision, but it did taste amazing. All three of them were delicious. Um, shout out to Buona Beef, you know, my favorite place and sent me all the, the fixins and the goodies. It tasted perfect, just like the ones at home. Um, and, uh, there were lots of other good food there and a good hang, drank a couple of pills, had ourselves a nice time, drank some Malort. It was the best. So shout out for the Super Bowl. It's not a great game, but it was a fun reason to get, to get drunk. Fair enough. It, it really is a, a game where it's become sort of at least for me, disconnected with the rest of the sport because of the way yeah, it's it has nothing of, to do with the sport. Yeah, yeah. Even the way it's covered with the broadcast team and everything, it's just become this like uh, Olympic sort of yeah. pedestal. And I, I don't know whether that holds for um, a sport that has a regular season. Yeah, I really, I mean, unless your team is in it, you don't really think of the journey of it. You know, it's just like they. they I mean, for me, I don't really follow it too too well anyways but to me they might as well just pick two new teams out for a random game yeah you're like oh yeah interesting you know but there's playoffs and all that stuff and if your team i would guess if you're a a rams fan or a Bengals fan you probably look back on the season and you see how all this cumulatively sort of occurred and you're like oh yeah that was a great season we had nice you know it was very nice to watch the games and eat my nasty chili and fucking diarrhea barf everywhere but um uh, if, if you're not doing that, it just looks like they pick two of the 30 teams randomly out of a hat and you're like, Oh yeah, here we go. And here's the, you know, okay. I have a bet down on if, uh, if Snoop is going to be wearing a hoodie or a hat on the, when he gets out for halftime and whatever, Oh, I lost. Oh, well, that's pretty much it for me, but it's over now and we can get back to, um, betting on even more depressing things like, the Olympics, Tony. Uh, you any any excitement from the land down under in the Olympics? I, I did see. Uh, I did see. I think us. Uh, you had some. Did you have a s- speed skater in there doing something? Not one not of these guys. Yeah. Not this year. We didn't have a speed skater, but we did. However, another event on ice. Uses mm. uses blades. Did you want to take a guess? Not a not he uses a, blades. Figure skating. Well, I I don't think they're actually called blades, but they are blades. Uh, mm. ice fencing. I don't know what is it. Slide. Well, not skeleton. We won our first sliding. Oh, sport. skeleton. That's right. That is where I saw it in Australia, and I yeah. was like, oh shit! There's an Australian flying down this hill head first. Yeah, that was great. Isn't that a fucking wild sport? Um, <laughs> that's truly lunatic. You got to be a true lunatic to do that shit, man. Well, yeah, because we had one of the former Australian skeleton um, women commentating on it, and she was saying, oh, I hear that noise through the turn. That used to happen to me a lot. That's where my helmet used to get dragged down onto the ice, and I used to wear my helmet out face first as my chin kept hitting the ice. Because of the G forces, yeah, they were saying it's like five Gs going down the hill, and I'm like, okay, and it's like most people will pass out, and I'm like, okay, 
will not be doing this. That sounds cool. But yeah, that that looks anything going down that curve, that sled that or that that um that sled track looks nuts to me. Even the bobsled stuff. I mean, at least in the mono bob, you're in this big car, you know, flying down there, but still that eh, thing goes real fast. See, this is the um, argument I had the other day with people. I would much mm-hmm. rather be in one of the events that doesn't have the big bobsled. Because at least if you get hit by the luge or the skeleton sled, it's only 30 kilos. If you get flipped out of that bobsled, because remember, no seatbelts, that thing can cause some fucking damage. And even being bounced around inside it, it's just... I watched that Great Britain team, two-man team, get flipped around a little bit. And uh, they were all fine. They all got out of there fine, but they're just riding on their head for a while. It was like <laughs> they were sideways and their heads just scooting along the, like my, my man's head's going to pop right off his body. It doesn't look too good. No, it, but, it never um, looks too good, but you got to remember it's not the, um, the sliding that'll kill you. It's a stop that kills you. So I suppose that's one advantage they have. It's not like they, hit, they tend to stop suddenly unless they hit the top of the track. It tends to be a lot yeah. of, um, my, long G forces rather than short. My favorite of the of the bobsled thing is that there's always there's really only one guy who does anything, and everyone else is just pushing and riding. <laughs> there's really yeah. nothing to do if you're any if you're any of the other two or or one or three guys that are in it. You're really not. You're just chilling out. Yeah, I can I cannot think of a athletic based sport where there's sort of one person that controls the destiny of your team more than than a four man bobsled team it's like yes these four people get a gold medal but it really does only come down to the guy driving you... yeah all the brake man has to do is not pass out during the ride because then he's going to kill everybody because he can't break he won't nobody will stop the sled at the end they just go careening into the wall you know clark griswold style on the on the sled but um you really you do need that guy to at least stay awake throughout the the ride but <laughs> yeah it is but... um yeah, not good. But it, ultimately, even if you crash into that wall, if that's on the last run, that has no effect on your gold medal chances. It really comes down to the guy pulling those little rings. Yeah. you can, Yeah, so they can roll your caskets out there and you get the gold medal. But Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what they'll do for me. They'll just kind of push me out there and set it on there. Thank you. I'm dead now. Very good. Um. Okay, one one more important sports thing, Tony. I know that you are a big you are now you historically were a big Philadelphia 76ers fan. Uh, you have a you had a long history with Philly. I know you're a big fan of cheesesteaks. You love that pork sandwich they eat with the broccoli rob on it. Uh, you like um, you hate Santa Claus. You what else do Philly people do? You um, you say water ice. Um, and so on, uh, and maybe Benjamin Franklin or something or other, and Rocky and Rocky. Oh, Sheets and Wawa. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm just trying it. to name all the Philly things. Max Allotment. Uh, you like him? He's kind of from yep. Philly-ish, um, New Jersey side, I think. Anyways, uh, another thing you used to like was Ben Simmons. Uh, you hate all those things now, uh, but now you, now you hate Ben Simmons, and now you hate him even more because he's on the Nets. Is that true? This is, this is not correct, of course. Uh, my, current, my current favorite is Josh Giddy, best hair in the right. NBA. Three triple doubles back-to-back. Back. Um, mm. 
and I think he now owns the top four youngest triple doubles in NBA history and the best hair in the NBA by a huge margin. So we got best hair, most triple doubles, and best hair again, is yep. what you said. Okay. Double up on good. that hair. Have you seen that hair? It is phenomenal. I mean, he it's has great hair. He's looks, it twice. He looks great. He's, he, listen, he's a good, good-looking good feller in the hair department anyways. Yep. And, of course, Ben Simmons, he has his problems. Like, let's be honest, he, um, he's not got the strongest mental fortitude out of anybody playing in the NBA today. Um, and his exit from Philly wasn't great. Um, he, he, but he made it clear, and he's not the first player to demand a trade. It's perhaps the first time we've had a GM like Daryl Morey uh, go about it the way he did. But he wanted out of Philly, and Philly wanted out of him just as much, <laughs> or if yeah, not that's more. Right. So he's now out of that situation. He looks happy on the Brooklyn bench, and we now have two... Um, dramatically change teams that I don't think will ultimately change the result at the end of the season. Now, in saying that, I, I still aren't they going to be four? They're going to be four and five, aren't they? I just realised this. They're going to be four and five, aren't they? In the East, um, I don't know whether Brooklyn will get that high, but yes, I, I think. I, I just realised. I just realised this. Uh, it's going to be tricky. They're going to have to get past Boston. They won tonight, so they're what? They're they're three. They're two games behind Boston, but Boston are three, and they're three and a half behind Philly. Oh, they could absolutely be four and five, Tony. Like if Cleveland, yeah. Cleveland, somebody gets hurt on Cleveland, something. You know, there's I, I they could have they could have Tony. They're going to play in the first round. It's it's destined. It is the destiny of this for these two teams to play in the first round. And for the Bulls, or the, or, or well, actually, be even it'd be really funny for Miami to have to tolerate one of these teams in the, yeah, in the second round. That'd be great. So, what we've seen is we've seen James Harden essentially pull a Ben Simmons, but in a slightly different way. Ben said he wasn't going to play, so he didn't play. James never said anything other than spending all his time in Las Vegas and not wanting to be a part of the team for for basically <laughs> since. The, the Griff move, yes. Yeah. Spend all your time in Las Vegas and don't want to be part of the team. That's called me at work, fellas. <laughs> but super uh, passive right. aggressive asshole move. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I think the behavior mm-hmm. is all just this is an checking opponent. out. Um, mm-hmm. As as what Simmons did, I'm not giving Simmons a pass. I think they they both weaselled their way out of situations they didn't want to be in. The bigger issue I have with Harden, and this is a, an issue I could have with Simmons in the future. This is the second time Harden has pulled this move. Yes, he spent a yeah. lot of time in Houston, but the second it didn't go his way, he stacked on a bunch of weight, headed to Las Vegas, pulled a Dennis Rodman, but without what Rodman did on the court and just hung out at strip clubs or, and nightclubs. Or off in the Vegas. court, I don't think. I, I got to be honest, I don't think James is doing what Dennis was doing off the court either. He's doing <laughs> some stuff, but I don't think he's getting anywhere near what, what Dennis Rodman was doing, where he just like might as well have vanished off the planet. I mean, that's not happening. Uh, uh, pretty much, you're still seeing James Harden around. He's not in places that are like, yeah, we don't know where he is. You know, <laughs> we, they know he's at Dre's or they know he's yeah. at fucking the Rhino or whatever, you know. Yep. 
But this is the second time it's happened with Harden. The second things don't go his way, he's not getting the players he wants. He he absolutely mm. cracks it and he wants out of a situation. So I actually think it's more of a – I think short-term it doesn't change anything. I think long-term mm-hmm. the Nets are the winners. Not so much – I think Harden and Simmons are like-for-like like and like-for-like like problems, but the Nets got in – two pieces, one short-term and one medium-term that are a big advantage, and that is Andre Drummond. He's a, he's a top 20 NBA centre. Um, and Seth Curry, who is a perfect fit for that net side alongside Paddy Mills. Um, they both are jackrabbits off the ball, and they they can really carve you up from three. So I think... Here's- Here's where we're going to know if if Philly is anything uh, and how bad they're going to be. They have a a week of from hell. So they have Cleveland, Miami, and the Bulls in in a week, and then New Jersey. Or sorry, Brooklyn. I always still want to say New Jersey. I'm just I'm. It's just good yeah, luck coaching that on me. But Cleveland, Miami, the Bulls, and Brooklyn in a week. All right, so they have March 4th against Cleveland, back-to-back, going to Miami. Then they're home for the Bulls and home for the Nets. That's so going to be tricky for them. They get they get three of four at home. That's yeah. great, but that's going to be tough for them. But I think if that goes well, it doesn't necessarily spell a bright future for them either. No. Because James Harden often fits in well with teammates for a short period of time. And... How do he and Embiid gel? They might get along for a couple of weeks and and Joel can um, have the ball in his hand often enough to actually contribute. But if, if James does James things and often it takes to the to the medium term for these things to um, go back to the norm where he likes to just pound the rock, how's that going to upset Joel who has never been used to somebody pounding the rock with him? Like for all yeah. Simmons' shortcomings, he's not a pound the rock point guard. He's he's get the ball out of his hands once you're in the half court. The ball moved. Joel can do Joel things. They both need Bro- the ball in their hand, and James yeah. can control that more often. Brooklyn has a slightly friendlier schedule um, than than Philly here um they they've spread out some other tougher games and they have, i'm seeing a lot of magic on their schedule i don't know why it seems like they're playing the magic yeah. a yep. lot so <laughs> you've got that going for them it, uh, in brooklyn so good good for them <laughs> um no I, I would love to have m- more magic games that'd be wonderful um no i i uh, i i guess i don't really disagree with you i think they just traded each other their problems and um yeah now brooklyn has sort of a different problem um, that will maybe, you know, maybe Simmons comes in there and, you know, the, the fear with that is he like leaves, he leaves Philly and he says, Oh, all my mental health problems are fixed now or whatever. And now I'm just fine. And maybe that's not a great feeling already about that experience. Um, I mean, I know that toxic workplaces are a thing and all that stuff. So sure. Could be. I don't want to. I don't want to discount the guy's potential, you know, challenges. But I also look at that and I'm like, okay, if he just if he just like walks in and is like, well, everything's good, you know, you're sort of like, you know, you get the yeah. side eye a little bit. But, I, I think um, though it was an honest thing, and I think, but it no, was sure, a, I'm not saying he was lying, but no. I do I do think it it 
but you know, is there anything more there than just not liking playing in Philadelphia? Yes, there is. And this is one thing that's been um, underreported in America and it's, it's perhaps been overreported in Australia and I'm not saying it's the sole reason or the excuse, but did you understand that his stepbrother um, had been facing um, allegations from Ben's full sister that um, he abused her growing up. Yeah. Now it's been, this is what Ben's been dealing with in the background. This is uncomfortable, but it turns out um, her dates don't actually match up. She has mental health issues herself. Mm. And yeah, the the family okay. have distanced her yep. in a way where she's actually faced a defamation trial and lost. So uh. Ben's been dealing with that. Yeah, sure. All right. So there's stuff going on. Yes. I mean, I'm not saying there's not stuff going on. Sure. I mean, I, I don't want to say that, but it you, you just sort of, yeah, you got to look at it for, if you're looking at it from purely the basketball perspective, there's still stuff they're going to have to deal with. Not to mention they have the Kyrie sort of manufactured uh, yeah. issue, right, that they have going on. But which, even with their big three, was the Nets ever going to be the perfect kumbaya team you're always going to have to at the beginning my only analysis that turned out to be useful is that you know everybody loves brook loves brooklyn every year or or this year and they loved them last year and they had everybody here and i'm like this uh is not maybe so good um it's just not that easy to keep that you sort of got the three most challenging personalities to manage you know when kd who is Listen, I don't think KD is like a problematic figure by any stretch, but he um, he's got his own thing going on. You know, he's yeah, he's not LeBron when it comes to managing people. That is a skill that's underrated with LeBron. You, know, you can't manage. He had the, Russ. He had the burner account and all that shit. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like all that stuff with him. So whatever. But so I, I don't know. I we were saying before the show, and I still I still think this the best the peop, the, the the team that's worked out the best for is Milwaukee. I just think that they've been there before. They're going to show up in the playoffs with their best guy who has already dealt with all this stuff. They do have to. I know they have, they need to figure out some ways to improve their team a little bit, but um, I just think that they uh, they they ha- they they're going to walk into the playoffs with a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of teams who are still trying to figure themselves out, and they're at least going to know who they are. I don't think it worked out the best for the Bucks. I, I just don't don't buy that. I don't think it's any worse for the Bucks. And I think you're right, they're gonna walk into the playoffs and potentially walk over the whole NBA. But are either of these teams worse than what they were coming into this trade? No, no. probably not. So then you can't Unless... say it's the best for the Bucks, because the best you could have had is is one or both of these guys going out of the Eastern Conference for pieces from the Western Conference for draft? They also they also didn't get definitively better, and they don't have a whole lot to do left that they can make themselves extremely much better. No, this is no. true. I, I just I just don't think it it helped or hurt anybody in the Eastern Conference, um, and it's still going to be a shit show. And we're going to have a good playoff series in the East. And yeah, we'll have well four we'll have four, we'll have four rounds of good playoffs for yeah. the East this year, and we'll have two rounds maybe in the West. Uh, yeah. Top three teams are going to be fun to watch. Everything else yeah. below them, it's either issues with the rosters or it's teams that you, I don't believe in. Utah's picking up a little bit. But 
I, I, they've won six on the trot, I know that, but I have big issues around their pieces not showing growth in the playoffs. It's, it's not that they haven't shown growth in the regular season, but like I don't rate Donovan over Jar. Um, sure. Utah-Dallas series, though, pretty good. Should be a good good first-round series. Yeah, that, that'll that be a fun series, but, um, yep. yeah, n- neither of those teams are getting out of the second round. <laughs> Suns-Clippers, Sun's maybe not so much. Ugh, that's going to be gross. Uh, and Warriors-Timberwolves, forget about it. I'm excited for that one. That should be a well, tree, yeah, this, truly this is, dangerous. Yeah. This is taking into account that the uh, the newly formed Blazers um, or the, mm. um, the Russell Westbrook-led Los Angeles bench um, don't actually win through in the um, new playoff format. Yeah, boy, they that that they're that they're Los Angeles. Oh yeah, I forgot about the I forgot about the seven eight seven eight nine ten thing. Yeah. Oh, that would be funny if um if Brooklyn gets to that has to play in that and they lose. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing that'd in be, the East. You, that'd be very you've got, funny. Two potential teams in the nine and ten spots in the east, with the Hornets and the Hawks. Yeah. They haven't been good. Give me Charlotte. Oh, yeah, give me give me Charlotte. I would love to get Charlotte for the Bulls. <laughs> That's what I'll take. That sounds good. Hook it up. Yep. Yep. Um, you, you don't want the Raptors. Well, you'd want the Raptors, but if you can't get the Raptors, take the Hornets or the Hawks. Yeah. No, I would. No, I agree. All right, Tony. That's enough uh, rambling about that. Uh, before I um do any more damage to my uh, waning basketball reputation. Um, the uh, Hey, this uh, this week I was eating. We, I'm gonna, I want to bring it back and do a little uh, uh, table for eight segment uh, where I eat some, because I ate some food this week. Uh, I decided to do eating food again this weekend, Tony. Um, How did that work out? Because was that good for you? Yeah, I I was loving it. I'm loving this new eating thing we got going on here. Um, so Tony, I don't know if you heard one one interesting thing that happened in Vegas is we don't have a mask mandate anymore. It's gone. It was yeah. lifted here in Nevada. Oh yeah, yeah, we love that. Um, but not that anyone was really following it super closely anymore. But uh, it's just over now. So pandemic's over. It's cool. Um, very excited about that, I guess, or whatever. Um, but we did do some eating. So I, uh, me and me and Mr. Brian, you're familiar with him, uh, sure as his as his um, as his tenants call him now, Mr. Brian. Apparently, <laughs> um, picked up some Nashville hot chicken from a from a little joint here in Henderson called Houston's Hot Chicken. And I liked it, Tony. I think it's pretty good. It was it was relatively comparable to Nashville chicken I've had in Nashville, except it was a little bit under hot, and maybe not quite enough hot. Um, I got the medium, and they said the medium was thirty thousand Scoville units, and I'm going to say it was not because I was not burning my my head was not blasted off my shoulders but 30,000 isn't particularly hot though like if you have a ha- I believe it's a hab- habanero tony i think is 30,000 is it really cuz uh, jalapeno yeah. comes in at 15 so uh, uh 30 30 to 50 is okay so no it's a it's eating cayenne pepper there you go so maybe that wouldn't be too bad but i didn't i mean even cayenne pepper has a little 
little pop to it. You know, this didn't, this yeah, really wasn't. That's not necessarily from the capsaicin, which is all the Scoville unit is actually um, taking into account. Habanero, oh, habanero is in 100 to 350,000. Yeah. All right, I gotcha. All right, so I, I should have gone a level up. That was my mistake. I should have gone up to the... Uh, I should have gone up to the uh, to the uh, spicy or whatever the next level was above medium, because um, I was I was feeling I wasn't feeling it quite enough. Now the flavor was right on. Had the oil dipped in the oil, all that stuff came with all the pickles. Um, they even had a little dip, and usually you're not getting a dip, but they had this kind of spicy little uh, vinegary, somewhere between a vinegar and a thousand island type dip stuff that was really good. Um, wasn't super creamy. I don't know what was going on with it, but it was really nice sauce. So I was I was liking the Houston. So it was good. All right, Tony. So have you you gotten yourself in any, in any kind of hot chicken situation? We do. we do. We've actually got a hot chicken chain out here called Bell's Hot mm. Chicken. They were just in Collingwood, and they do a. From what I've been told and what I've what I've seen of all the recipes, are fairly authentic. Um, Nashville hot chicken experience. They do the white bread. They do the yeah. the pickled vegetables. Um, mm-hmm. I'm like you. I don't go for the hot or super hot. And our medium would have come in at around the thirty to fifty thousand Scoville yeah. units. It's enough to get a little bit of like feeling. That's a that's sure. really all you want from a medium because often I'm having it where I'm staying in a hotel and I've got something to do the next day. So I don't want a full on. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I did a hot, I did the hot at Hattie B's and I know Hattie B's is white people version of Nashville hot chicken, but um, that was hot. And I had to fly in an airplane that night. So I was maybe not too happy with that decision. White that knuckle, made, yeah. 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 I mean, at least it wasn't a long flight from Nashville to Chicago, but yeesh, no. that was not. Not my favorite feeling. No, but it, it really is a, a, a really nice way to have chicken. I I think it's the perfect sort of you know chain that middle chain sure. tier. Not not fast food, but um, people really of, like people. People really expect it to come out vinegary. That's what I always had to tell people is that it's not going to taste vinegary because it's just oil. Yeah. It's just dipped in hot oil. And that that's the thing I experienced the first time I had it. I expected more. Because I'm used to coming from a Nando's background, or yeah, I love love Nando's, yeah. Any of those vinegary based hot sauces, which are, which are sure. great, but then then you have the Nashville hot chicken, and it is in oil, but it's not also greasy, even though it's extremely fatty and there's a lot of oil. It doesn't right. taste like just oil soaked chicken either. Um, it's like, but it doesn't have the spice of say a chili oil from the Asian background, but it's it's its own thing that that I really enjoy. And per purse pairs perfectly with beer, I think. And and specifically um lagers yeah. more than ales. Sure. Even though there's got a lot yeah. of heat behind it, I think it's it's something that you want to have like a mass market lager with. <laughs> I'm gonna get I, when we uh, when we go to NBCC. I have a layover in London. I'm gonna be hunting down in Nando's in that in that uh, Heathrow Airport because I uh, we don't have it out here. We don't have a Nando's in Vegas, and it sucks. I love Nando's. See, I think the chicken's not that great in Nando's. It's fine. It's a but, but I don't have a I, we don't have any any 
uh, I guess, analog for it. We don't have a, like a normal, like a, anyone else's peri peri yeah. place. But as I, I really love their sauces, but and we can get those at our local supermarket. Not sure whether you can as well. No, we can. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I, I can just rotisserie like myself a chicken and then yeah. and then dip dip me some uh, peri peri in it. That's a good idea. And you don't Maybe even need chicken. I love it on just like some. You guys would call them fries. We call them chips at Nando's in Australia. Just chuck them on some sure. thick cut steak cut fries. Yeah, fair enough. All right. That's a good idea. I'm just, we're thinking out loud here, Tony, creating solutions. That's what we do here. Um, perfect. So we, we ate some hot chicken. And then, Tony, I had a kick-ass Thai experience, actually. And I know you, you, you've got your fancy Thai food there. You guys have a lot more access to, like, Southeast Asian food than I do. Yeah, There's and I wouldn't even Night- say um, fancy. I'd, I'd say we've got more of it and more choice. You just got more of it. Yeah. Now this was Paul. This place is called Night Night and Market Night Plus Market. I don't know, but it was really good. It's a it's a import from L.A. It's at the Virgin. It was extremely good, and uh, it was we went on a Saturday night at this Virgin Hotel. The new it used to be the Hard Rock, right? I think I've mentioned this place before. It used to yep. be the Hard Rock there on uh, off the Strip, and uh, this restaurant was fucking dead empty. Not we were the only people in it. Kelly and I were the only people in the restaurant. <laughs> Saturday night, six thirty PM. Uh prime eating hour and um uh nobody there. Uh, the the casino was very relatively empty, pretty empty in the Mohegan Sun there. Um uh, just not a very just not a good location. I mean it's just not working out. So yep. I wanted to go there before I inevitably closed because uh, I had heard good things about it and it was awesome. Uh, green papaya salad was on point. I would put the green papaya salad right there in the Lotus, uh, category. It was right up there. Ton of fish sauce had the, you know, the green beans and the tomatoes and the papaya and the, uh, it was all, you know, mortared together with the hot Thai chili, the Thai bird chilies, pretty spicy. Had some, uh, some kind of like wok fried wing with some kind of addictive fish sauce type sauce on it. And then, um, you're gonna like this, Tony. We had pet they had a pad kimao dish, the flat noodles, you know? Yep. Uh, with pastrami. Had pastrami in in the in there. So there was some pastrami, there was all the Thai basil and all the all the other good bits that are in those Thai, good Thai noodle dishes. But um some slices of, of, of pastrami in there. It was fucking <laughs> good. It was good as hell. Spicy, very spicy, good dish. Um and the cocktails were great. I highly recommend it. Get there in the next, you know four to six weeks before it gets closed down. <laughs> um, but I highly recommend it. Free parking, uh, everything. It's, it was a very nice place to go uh, to go eat. So I highly recommend that. And it was nice for COVID because there was nobody fucking there. I wasn't the only person in there. So <laughs> that was great. So would you, I know you were putting the papaya salad up there with what you'd had at Lotus as I am. Would you put the whole experience up there with Lotus or just different? T- different, yep. Just different. It's a little. It's a little higher end. Yeah. So they had like fancy cocktails and stuff. So a little more hipster. Had the fusion stuff like the pastrami pad kimao and stuff like that. If you want to go like straight traditional, go to Lotus. If you want like off the, you know, you want. I mean, that's where I would go. Cow. You want if you want to eat green papaya salad and short rib cow soy and larb, I would go to Lotus. You know, but if I wanted to kind of twist it up a little bit. Um, 
I would consider night night and market. Yeah, it's, it's I think it's a little more expensive too at night and market. But yeah, you know, the advantage is Lotus has people at it, uh, and this place didn't have any people. So uh, you have a private dining experience. So as far as COVID goes and no mask mandate, I'd I'd give the sure. place to to night plus yeah. market. Yeah, for sure. And I and then you can walk ten steps away and play free bet blackjack, baby. That's right. Yes. Um, which I didn't do, but. I could have. Um, and then the third dining thing I wanted to bring up, I actually had a kick-ass In-N-Out burger experience the other wow. day, Tony. Um, went with the double ham animal style, some animal style fries. Delicious. A-plus across the board. What I've got to say about In-N-Out is not going to be controversial at all. I think everybody's in agreement. What In-N-Out do is one thing and one thing only to... Mm-hmm high standard, and that is exactly what you ordered. It is a, a double um, animal style with animal style mm-hmm. fries. Those fries are terrible by themselves. They're a bad fast food fry, but yet put animal style um, toppings on them. They're delicious. That's delicious, all yep. you should ever order at In-N-Out. Don't get fancy. Yep. Don't do anything else. But that is get a that. Yep. And and the price you can't beat the price. Uh, we we ate that two two double two double burgers and uh, animal fries for twelve bucks. So you kind of realize what you're, you're paying for. People can't complain and they say it's not as good as Five Guys. It's not as good as Smash Burger. Well, those places are twice as expensive. At yeah, least, at least. Um, and I think Five Guys is overrated for the price. Is it better than In Out? Undoubtedly. Sure. Is it worth two to three times the price? No. For what you get, a little bit better food and the atmosphere is basically the same? No. The place to go is Freddy's anyways. Freddy's is the best burger. And if you want a fast food burger that kicks extreme ass, go to Freddy's. Okay. Freddy's now, Steak Burgers. Now, now you got to tell me about Freddy's. What do they do? Are they like a smash burger place or are they? Yeah, it's a, it's a hard, sma- hard smash burger. Like they really smash it down. There is a crust on the edges most of the time. Um, but they smash it hard. Love uh, you get smash. the normal normal toppings, you know, normal burger toppings. Um, I like it California style, which essentially is the in and out toppings. So you get the the tomato, the lettuce, the 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 um, the spread, whatever. I know you don't like tomato. Fine. No, um, no, it's in a burger, like in a set. And right. this is where, like, I, I would I do it without tomato too. I don't care either way. It doesn't really do much like, for me. I don't understand the point of lettuce in a burger either just give me a fucking cheeseburger with like a good sauce and, and some pickle and some cheese that's all i need don't put and bacon you can do it, it that way too you, they don't care you can just get whatever toppings you want on it yep. no problem uh and then uh good fries they have more of like the steak and shake style shoestring type fry um, which i like pretty crispy um and they have frozen custard too and it's good i like their frozen custard real real nicely made good good like they make the blizzard type stuff, you know, whatever you would call those, like a concrete or something, you know. Um, but delicious, yeah. I love Freddy's. Freddy's is my favorite. If I had to pick one, gun to my head, death deathbed last meal, I would. I'm getting a Freddy's. Freddy's so burger. For anybody traveling in from out of town, where do they find a Freddy's in Las Vegas? Well, there's Freddy's all over the country, baby. So if you're anywhere, you can oh. you can pretty much get one. But um. Oh, and the key with Freddy's, by the way, jalapeno fry sauce. They have fry sauce, like a, you know, like a dipping 
mayonnaise type sauce, you know, you get the jalapeno fry sauce. It's bomb. You dip that. And then you also dip your burger in it, which if you're, if you're me, because uh, I love that stuff. But yeah, you can go to the Freddy's right in front of the Sunset Station, uh, Tony, uh, right on along Warm Springs there while you're pulling into the Sunset Station parking garage to park your electric car and plug it in and walk into the casino. You can be chomping on a burger or you can go to the one uh, uh, at Eastern and Silverado Ranch, uh, not too far from the South Point. Mm, nice. Freddy's. We love it. Or you can go to the original in Wichita, which I've been to, weirdly enough. There you go. Reason. Found it in 2002. The other chain that I don't know whether you've had any experience with, I haven't, but definitely want to try it because there's a bit of like internet mythology. I won't call it hype. But Whataburger. McDonald's. Oh, just <laughs> kidding. Uh, Whataburger, I've had it. We had it in Texas. It's fine. Um, I think it's good. I think it's one of the better ones. Um, But I wouldn't say it's better than, it's not better than Freddy's. It's not, it's different than In-N-Out. I mean, you could, you could, I mean, whatever, you could sit there and split hairs and be like, this is better. Who cares? The one, the thing Kelly had was actually the best thing at Whataburger because they had some kind of hatch green chili burger, um, which had some, you know, chopped up or pieces of green chili on there. That was nice. That, that like pickly spice added a lot. Um, I thought mine was like a, a touch bland. It's not, it's not really smashed super hard. You know, it's not yep. crusted up real good, but it's good. I mean, it's a good fast food burger. I'd say it's closer to in and out than to Freddy's. It's, it's a, it's a good fast food burger, you know, for the price. See, I, I've got this idea for a burger chain. Haven't got the money to start it. So anybody feel free to steal my idea. Yep. Who's got the money. Sure. Take a small patty, don't put five holes in it, super crispy on the grill, just slider size with White Castle style bread rather sure. than the steam soggy patty of a White Castle. I, it's the perfect combo. You're more anti-White Castle than me, but I do think the... Um, I'm I not, do I think just think it can be perfected. Give me a crispy patty. I think what... With, I think what um what David Chang is doing over at the Venetian is supposedly something along these lines. He has a little slider place. Now the reviews of it haven't been super great, but I'm willing to give the guy a chance because I um I've had successes other places. But um I guess this Moon Palace place is supposed to be supposed to be very good. So um I believe he's crusting them up a little a little harder. That's what than, I want. Than, the, than the old White Castle is. So. You looking at it, Tony? It's pretty good, yeah. I, I'm about to look it up, but yeah. the first thing with David Chang and burgers that came up on my Google search result was um, David Chang Burger Place accused of bad workplace conditions or something. I'm presuming. No, it's something that I agree with that makes me un-Australian in the words of any conservative politician is because I think Australian hamburgers, sorry, the Aussie hamburger. Sucks ass, and I think David Chang oh, is the right beet, there with the beetroot on there. Yeah, and pineapple yeah. and an egg—it's fucking atrocious. And so, I'm a big fan of that um, rationale of David Chang, and they were the first results that have popped up. So, I will eventually find his um, place in Las Vegas. Um, yeah, Moon, Moon Palace is the one you're you're wanting to hit. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll find a way to get over there this this year coming up weekend or something, but. They got Moon Palace and Hot Chips, and they're they're like crisps, though, that you would call them. 
But they, um, this no, place we would looks call them good chips. to me. You got to remember, Australia. No, you would call them chips. We call they're everything all chips. chips. Hot, cold, yeah, chips. they're all chips. Uh, some chips and chips. Uh, yeah, so they got a double decker tasty with hot chips or honey butter chips. Mm, those are good. And then but, um, you can yeah. sit up at this counter. Now, have you had? Have you had? Have you gone into a Korean grocer and had like you can get them? The honey butter chips. Yeah, you can get them at you can get them at Lee's Sandwiches here, which is the Bon Me place. They have like okay. an Asian grocery in front of it, and you can get yourself your Bon Me and a and a couple of bags of the honey butter chips. But they sell out of them so quickly; they're like constantly restocking the honey butter. <laughs> it's, they're so yeah. good, the honey butter chips. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, they're yeah. fantastic. I love them. The only thing I'll say about That's- this is it looks even in the photos like the rolls are slightly dry. Yeah, was I, a, I was worried about that too. Yeah, and that was the I one part of the White Castle experience that I, that I liked. They weren't dry. But at I think all. it's those. I think it's those Hawaiian rolls, Tony. I think it's those King style Hawaiian rolls, which are weirdly buttery. You know, yep. they're like brioche like in nature. So maybe that'll help. I'm not sure. I'm willing to give them a shot. I've, I've, uh, I'll eat a burger for no reason at all. Why not? Yeah. Tony, that's my okay. You got more burger count. We'll just do burgers for the rest of the show. We will. This is just a brief aside. Would you? Could you justify um, paying extra money for an Impossible Burger? Because all the Impossible Burgers in Australia are the same price as a regular beef burger. Yet at David Chang's Moon Palace, they're uh, three dollars dearer to get an Impossible Burger. Versus a regular meat patty. I mean, I wouldn't do it, but sure, if I were vegan or something and I wanted to eat there, yeah, of course. Um, I don't know what the I don't know what the cost of the Impossible Whopper is to a regular Whopper, but um, you know, whatever. I I I don't eat Whoppers. I have heard the Impossible Whopper is better than the Whopper, um, just because Burger King is so fucking nasty. But. Hey, whatever, dude. I like that impossible meat. I went to, um, we have this vegan taco place down the street called Taco Terry, and it's fucking good as hell. I think I've talked about it before. It just, it's, 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 it's much better than Taco Bell and the meat they make, they make like a double decker taco, which Taco Bell doesn't even make anymore. And it tastes exactly the same because who can fucking tell that Taco Bell meat is meat anyway. So this stuff is just so heavily spiced Yep. that it tastes like that. I've made tacos with um, like double-decker style tacos but used quinoa instead of the meat and just seasoned it up real hard. You wouldn't know the goddamn difference. It's just meat. It's just little globules of flavor. You know, there's nothing to it. Um, but anyways, I think that's – I think those types of smash burgers and stuff are a nice uh, – and and other heavily flavored things are maybe a nice approximation for uh, – or uh, application for, for impossible meat. But I don't think I'd pay extra for it now. Probably not. Yep. It's also very bad. It's also bad for you even compared to a burger. So <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really not that healthy. It's better for the earth, that's for sure. That's but, what I was going to say. Know. It's not necessarily about being better for the earth. It's just about being less bad for the environment. But, hey, who gives right. a fuck? Me st- stopping to eat meat is not going to affect what uh, the Koch brothers just like, or Koch brothers just like industries if, actually pour out into the environment. So we've got no. It's just like look, looking around and you're like, oh, I'm not going to use my plastic straw. And then somebody dumps 800 million gallons of oil into the ocean next to Nigeria or something. And you're like, 
cool. Good thing I drank from that paper straw that that melted into my cocktail. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Glad that happened. Uh, hey, good thing I bought my electric car, which I guess is somehow worse than even a gas car. I don't even know anymore. But um, this is what I've right, been Tony. saying. Yeah, we're fucked either way. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we go to uh, Discord, huh? I'd like to clarify first that I love driving my electric car. I just, I just heard that there, it has a lot of material costs to the earth, supposedly, because I, it's made of a bunch of precious metals or whatever. But I, I tried to um, tell you this when you were telling me how environmentally friendly it was. It's like they're a kick-ass car and like you can have a car that looks like a granny should drive it and you will burn everybody off at the lights, but don't think you're saving the planet. If you want to save the planet, buy a car from 1994 and drive it into the ground. I think if you want to save, save the, the planet, I think the way to save the planet is for all of us to climb into our caskets and be dead. I believe that is the way to save the planet. If you want to join that um, that that crew, because there is a uh, crew where that the only way to save the planet is to is to die the the extinctionists or whatever. I think the way to save the planet was like fifteen years ago for us to, or twenty five years ago to decide to be consume less as a society, but. Instead, I think we went the opposite direction. So, uh, uh, totally right. I, think, I think we're sort of stuck where we're at here. Um, all right, Tony, what we got going on in the old Discord here? Um, looked like we had, oh, man, we had Max Allotman drinking so many beers. He was drinking some good stuff, too. He was. Um, we had uh, Max was drinking this here. Oh, he was at Bonesaw Brewing Company. That makes me think of... Um, what is that movie? Bone saws ready. Um, whatever that's from. Uh, we had, um, uh, he was drinking one today from Jester King called Phylactery Factory. Uh, and that is a, looks like a hazy IPA from Jester King, bro. That's wild. Um, Sabro. I love the Sabro in the hazy actually, Tony. I think it's really good. I think we both professed our love from the, um, for the Sabro. Well, no, it's a divisive hop and no, not everybody loves it. But um, there's no mistaking that that one from Jester King, that's a hazy boy, that's for sure. Love his beer glass too. That's, that's Yeah, his glass is cool. That's like one of those um, – we, we, I've seen these before. Uh, a place called Triptych in Champaign, Illinois has, has that type of glass actually. But um, – uh, yeah, he was at this bone saw. He said half, two thirds of the tap list consists of German lagers and Bach beers and Belgian wheats. That's awesome. You gotta love that. Um, felt bad on the opposite end of, a, of the spectrum. Felt bad for our buddy W. Tudes who was drain pouring some beer. First time in this a long stuff. time he did say. This is one of them ones that you gotta you gotta think twice about. Um, that I used to buy more often from Tavor. This is the Froze Hydra Dwight. Do say, do I say, do say, I don't know. Sour ale brewed with apricot, blackberry, cherry, vanilla, cinnamon, and Graham crackers. Or as we would uh, say in the Australian world, Graham crackers. Yeah, we say Graham crackers too. I was just being uh, No, you say like you say it like the measure, like Graham. We say Graham. Yeah, we say Graham. Graham crackers. There you go. Do you guys eat do, do you guys eat Graham crackers there? 
we don't get graham crackers in Australia. Um, so when we try to make s'mores, we have to use an approximate biscuit that isn't the same. And so our um, dessert crusts are different again to your graham cracker yeah. or graham cracker. I'm gonna, just going to call them graham cracker because that's what I'm used to saying. Um, so our pies have a different t- taste in their crust because we don't have um, those biscuits available to us for for easy consumption. So, no, we do not consume graham crackers. I guess making, I guess making pie crust with like a speculus type cookie or something. Is that what it is? Or? Um, I've never heard of or an like Oculus a, Rift. Like a bis, how about a how about a Biscoff? Is it? Are you familiar with a Biscoff cookie? I, I am. Um, okay. We use like a malt or a Wheaton, often more a Wheaton oh. biscuit, if you're familiar with a Wheaton well, like an biscuit. Anzac biscuit crust. Is that something people have done? I'm sure people have done that, but I'm not sure whether it's been successful because the thing about um, an Anzac biscuit is it's more golden syrup than it is anything else. Oh, that's else. right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you said that. What's the – um? Have you, you guys have those like little chocolate wafers? Are those a thing there? Like those wafer cookies, just like thin. They look like half of an Oreo, but they're not, they're not as thick. They're, they're thinner. They're very, those are a great pie crust. You get them mixed in with the butter and you, you make that cookie crust. Oh yeah. That's a nice, that's a nice one. That's a nice Um, pie. It is. Uh, graham crackers. Funny enough, Tony, when I was, um, when I was, uh, when Kelly would have to take me to like my follow-ups after surgery, I would, I would get these hunger attacks and Kelly would have to pack. I, cause I, I had to sit in the back seat because I couldn't risk the airbag hitting me in the chest. Um, so th- she would put me in the back seat with like a box of graham crackers that I could <laughs> chomp on like an eight year, like a five year old. Um, cause I would get the, I would, I was taking so many like meds that get your blood sugar down and everything. So it's like, um, just cause they like lower your blood pressure, like 80 over 50. So you just sit there and you need to eat something or else you're just going to pass out. Um, it was very funny. Um, got some stuff in here. We posted some hyper beer nerd dork shit news that we're going to cover in the segment. But if you were a discord subscriber, you would have gotten the news even sooner. So of course you can join us on discord, um, by, uh, dropping us an email or sending us an Instagram note. And we will add you uh, to the Discord channel, and you can get this hot, hot, sexy beer news. This burning hot, uh, fucking the hottest beer news you've ever heard. You can get it in. This beer news is going to make you uh, uh, think in in forty seconds or whatever that line is. Um, so yeah, you could have had it way sooner. Um, what else we got, uh, Tony? We had some. Oh, we'll we'll hit this later. Uh, we got some, uh, chili spaghetti. I got to post in here. Oh, Max posted his chili. Now that looked pretty good. Huh? What do you think of this chili shot here? It's got some red kidney beans in it. What are you thinking of this chili from Max allotment here with all these, with all these, their peppers in there? Now this is going to be controversial. I don't think beans have any place in chili. Mm-hmm. I have a real problem with this. Um, I think they're like flour bombs, like, you know, like raw flour, I don't think they add anything to the texture of the chili. I think it's off-putting. Hard pass. I'm sure it was tasty. Max is a dude that loves his flavour, but hard pass on the beans for me in chili. Gonna just gonna disagree with you on that, Tony. I like myself. I put some black beans in mine. Um, that's that's just how it is. But uh, but his peppers looked hot. 
uh, notably because he did post them next to a latex glove. Um, <laughs> Which uh, which begged two questions. A okay, good thing you're handling with the gloves in case you t- touch your eye. But you know, was that glove for the peppers or what? What are you doing with it? You know, I'm just I mean, we're just making an assumption that the peppers and the glove are related. But are you? Is that for after the peppers? Are you doing? Yeah. Are you feeling up a cow? You know where they go shoulder deep That's in right. the cow. Have you ever done that? Quite funny. Have I ever shoved my hand into a cow? Yeah, and it's no. not just your hand. You go, you go shoulder deep. I haven't done that. Surprisingly um, warm. But I'm feeling like this latex glove maybe would not be the amount of protection I would need for no, that no, type but... of activity. But hopefully, you didn't get any in your eye, or uh, if you're me, uh, anywhere near your penis. Uh, there you go. That's, that's what I was waiting been, for. That's what you don't want to do. You don't want to get. You don't want to get this capsaicin shit onto your. On your schlong there. Not unless you enjoy a bit of pain. Nope. Uh, nope. Not, you know, some people like that. Yep. We are sex. Me. This show is, this show is sex positive. It's proved it out over the years. <laughs> um, but so whatever you're into, we, we support it and we demand that you tell us about it. Uh, Nick Torque also uh, said that, oh, the Super Bowl wasn't just a victory for the LA Rams, but also a victory for Chile. You know what? I kind of agree. I don't know what L.A. chili would be. What, do, what would an L.A. chili be, Tony? What do you think? Um, probably you impossible like a, meat. You um, think impossible meat, all right. Yeah. Well, I know that's more a San Francisco thing, but I always think like vapid people from L.A. So I'm going to have to say that, that it's LA, an L.A. thing. Sure. L.A. is sort of like superficial, not really about like – Authentic chili, not about big flavors, not about innovation. All I think about LA, I think about smog. I think about mm-hmm. homeless people because I get my LA news from Dave Rubin and Joe Rogan, and that's all they talk about. And I think of vapid girls from the valley. Okay. All right. Hey, you didn't watch Selling Sunset. You didn't see how smart these ladies are. I get it. Um, yeah, but the, uh, those I, women are like 65. It's just because they've got good plastic yeah. surgeons. Yeah, they do have good plastic surgeons. i got to agree with you there. Um, uh, I would say, well, first of all, I, I, it, I, I don't want to ask the, a, um, a Socratic question here, but what is authentic chili, Tony, is maybe a question I would ask. Okay, authentic chili is just somebody that has an idea of what they actually want to produce with chili. I'm not saying it's okay. good chili. I think Skyline chili is an authentic chili. You think that it's It garbage. is disgusting, but it is it is that somebody somebody meant to make it. I yeah, get it. That's what I think authentic chili is. Just somebody meant to make it. I don't think that happens in LA. I think that happens in a lot of other places. Some places you're going to get great results, other places you're going to get Skyline chili. See, I'm thinking you, I think if, if, um, I would guess if I had to make one that was just for LA, I'm thinking like a, one of them vegetarian sweet potato chilies, um, (laughs) which I, I've had and they aren't nasty or anything. There's nothing wrong with them, but you know, it's got, it's, it's, it's got a gap. And the other one I, and this one I like, Tony, this is one I've made that I like. And I think this would be good for LA is like a chicken chili verde type of type of thing here. I think that I think that could be good. Yeah. That first one though, why would you turn it into chili? Because you've already got other versions of that. It's called Indian food and it's fucking great. 
We sweet potato. That's a and good spice point. You could just you could just make like a doll or something, yeah, or like some sweet potato, yeah, type of yeah. Sure. No, I get you. Uh, aloo, I suppose. Yeah. You know that type of dish, yeah. But I would. Um, no, I agree. Now I would argue that uh, at least a sweet potato chili has chili powder in it and chili peppers, which therefore do it does speak more to it being chili than say Cincinnati chili, which really doesn't have any of those things. But that's fine. So Nick Torque, Nick Torque, I think you're right. Um, I don't know what LA chili would be, but I do think I would like it more than than Cincinnati chili, which is is not great. But hey, that's one piece of content we're not going to be able to have for a little while here. Um, what else we have, Tony? Oh, I did post I posted a good thing here. What'd you think of this picture of Kelsey Grammer at Mar-a-Lago this past weekend for the Super Bowl? Huh? Um, was he Kelsey in the Grammer, photo? Big, I, I did big, see. Big fan of the show. Of course. Massive fan of the show. Um, yes, I, I did see the picture of Kelsey. Um, I believe he was in the photo. I didn't really see him or, or see any faces. I've got to be honest. You just see these big fake hooters on this broad right here. On which one, left or right? The ones on the right look faker. I think I, I, I presume they're probably all fake. But <laughs> I, the ones on the right, the ones on the right have a have that hard as a rock. This is true. The other ones are like them. a medium firm. These are like a like super hard. There is a lot. I mean, Kel, even Kelsey himself, his face clearly has some some work done on it uh yep which is not which is concerning so this was from patriot takes my one of my favorite one of my favorite accounts <laughs> i don't know what i don't actually know what it is um but yeah kelsey Grammer was at mar-a-lago also spotted at mar-a-lago for the super bowl tony bill belichick uh huh? uh you know who that is? of course he's he's the guy that invented the the short sleeve hoodie Everybody knows. And then this guy, I don't know if I don't know if you know. Remember this feller, Tony, but Urban Meyer was also at the uh, was oh, also at Mar-a-Lago. Of course, one time NFL coach, wasn't he? Yeah, recent, recently a coach of oh the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, actually, one funny of, enough, but um, it is just funny that that party sucks so bad. Kelsey Grammer, Bill Belichick, and Urban Meyer are your hosts. <laughs> at the all of them passing these ladies around. Um, I mean, that's not nice for the ladies. I'm sorry, but they're a Mar-a-Lago. Fuck them. Go to hell. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. These are not Prince Andrew style women though. These are women. Yeah. They're not classy. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> they're not 13 <laughs> is what I meant to have said. Uh, all right. All right. I got, you know, okay. So you don't respect the Royals. That's interesting. This is and true. You I, the, I and you live in the Commonwealth, I, I, I believe. I voted to become a republic before I knew he was a child predator. Yeah, he is a child predator. That was wild. And then they did the whole, didn't he just, uh, he just settled or whatever with that. He with settled that and he had to make out a statement apologizing for his behavior, mm. even though he admits no guilt. Cost him mm. $10 million. Yeah. He's innocent. Oh yeah, that's that's pennies. Um, uh, no, it's it's not. People think that the royals are loaded. The queen may be loaded, but she can't actually pay for his. Um, you his can't legal pay for costs. his. She can't like Eli Gemstone it and no. pay off his he, shit. Yeah, he Trump. had to sell his his um, main living quarters to to pay court costs and the settlement Brutal. from this. It's, it's great. 
serves the sleaze bag right. That's wild. Very good. Um, yeah, well, I, I gotta say, Kelsey, you know, I hope you got hope you got some ass. Shout out for Kelsey. Hope you hope you hope you got yourself a little tail there. Um, what else is that about it? Uh, next week, I will like to say I would like to say get those Celtic Central takes because we will have our resident Celtic expert on next week. Tony, I know I'm springing this on you, but we are going to have the the Celtic Queen uh, in the house uh, to talk about some new Celties that have that uh, may have may have crossed across uh, may have may have went across our our office desks. This past weekend, so we got some Celty coverage coming up next week. So if you have important Celty questions, hit us up in the Celty Central area, and we will take care of that in the channel. Uh, how about we hit the mail keg, Tony? Let's do that in a second. There was one okay. article, well, not one article, but but one thing that I did miss on my recap from last week that Nick, mm-hmm. um, I'm glad he brought it up because I had forgotten about it because it was early <laughs> in the day. It was a really sensible move that both both of us made, and I think you're a fan of this style of beer, and that's the Rattler. Who doesn't the love Rattler? It? Yes, I do enjoy the Rattler. You're right. Um, and Nick and I had a phenomenal example. It was a mandolin Rattler called very mandolin Rattler. Came in a mandolin. <laughs> Mandarin, I meant to say. Mandarin. I was like, oh my god, they threw, how many picking. of those things did they throw in there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mandolin Rattler. I saw a mandolin band once, maybe like 15 years ago. I saw an all mandolin band. I was like, this is wild right here. But yeah, crazy. <laughs> but mandarin. Right, mandarin Rattler. It sounds delicious. It, I would love that. It was absolutely loaded with mandarins. I don't know how they did it. I'm guessing they were using some form of extract or just a shit ton of fruit. And it just. just dumping those cans in the syrup. You ever have those, the mandarins and the syrup, the little guys in there? Yeah, that's how we make our ambrosia salad in Australia. It's oh, terrible. yeah, you guys have ambrosia salad too. That's awesome. No, it's not. Chicago and Australia was something in common, that awful ambrosia salad, truly a heinous thing to eat. I think there are some variations between the two. We don't add marshmallows to it, but it's a fucking awful salad, if you can yeah, call it good. that. It's not, it's not salad. It's garbage. It's not salad. Why does it go next year turkey on Thanksgiving? Nobody knows. Um, yeah. All right. Important mail keg question we got from Corey, uh, which is, uh, in honor of Valentine's day, the second most erotic of February holidays next to Lincoln's birthday. What beer do you lust after most? Um, asked and answered in the discord already. Yep. And, uh, well, we got some answers from the, from the, the crowd. So, yep. so W2 says Benthic. Um, hard to disagree with that. I, Corey also I side posted with Corey. Elf, the Elf Pogs beer <laughs> from Blackstack. Blackstack is a pretty good brewery, but it's a, it's a Simpsons joke, but Pogs being pa- the passion free orange guava combo, passion free yep. orange guava goza. It, it sounds all right, actually. Um, I would get that on there. I don't know if I'm lusting after it. Tony, do you have any beers out there in Australia that you say like, oh, I'm, I mean, I'm not horny. I've said this before. Anything I'm eating, anything I'm eating or drinking, I don't get horny for, but, um, no, it doesn't have to be from Australia. It could be anything that you just like have a, have a need for. It feels lost. It feels like a, it's leaving you, um, it's your white whale. It's your biggest crush. 
you know, you're giving him those candy hearts, hoping it'll come back to you, any of those things, you know? Yeah, unrequited love, um, and I may get the initials wrong, you'll have to help me out, but uh, VSOJ or whatever it is. VSOJ, yeah, it can be VSOJ, VSOR, VSOD. But VSOJ, so straight jacket, very special old jacket. Yeah, that is something That's that I need is. in my life. I, I choo, choo, choose you, um, but it's it's never returned the favour. It's done Lisa Lisa Simpson to me and broken my yeah. heart live on a podcast. I'm still waiting for some more of that too. Uh, you know what? I would say, I think I would say Pliny the Younger right now. Uh, Pliny the Younger is a beer I've just never been able to get my hands on or around or in a tapping or anything. Um, it's the West Coast, you know, double, yep. triple IPA to kill all, to end all. And um, I want it really bad. I've been on a West Coast IPA kick real bad lately. And that I think that's right there in terms of just it. Um, it it's, it's just a white whale of mine that I've never had. I've had Heady. I've had... Pliny, I've had, you know, some of these other, like, kind of classic beers, Swamis, all the pizza port stuff, you know, but that's just one that eludes me still. Pliny is, is a great beer. It's another one that I've actually had. Um, yeah, Pliny the Elder is great. Yeah, that's I've had what pl- I mean. plenty I was, of that. But, I, I was yeah. talking about Elder. We have no chance of me getting hold of Younger because um, that's very rarely <laughs> seen outside of the brew pub at Russian River. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, that's it. And they they just started packaging it a couple of years ago, so you can get you can get package of it. But I've never gotten any, never even had a sip. So one of these one of these days, Tony, I will um, find my way to that. And if I had to have a uh, if I if I were going entering a polygamous relationship with beers, I think the other one would be um, probably Cantillon Fafone, which I, I believe does mean pussy in Belgian, but. Uh, <laughs> It is an awesome beer, and I've had it, so it, I, I love it. Um, it's a peach peach lambic. It's fucking delicious. Tony, one more thing I do want to throw out there, actually, while we're in the Discord segment before we move on to the important news, is um, I wanted to thank our friend, uh, the Graham the R. Purist. Not the Grammar, not the Kelsey Grammar Purist, but the Graham R. Purist. Um, certainly, thank you to the Grammar Purist, Kelsey, for his donation last week, but we had a very generous... Our most generous donation ever, actually, Tony, uh, from the Grammar purist, um, who's loving me saying Grammar. <laughs> I think he really likes when I do that, so I'm going to keep doing it and and putting semicolons in inappropriate places because um, I I know he loves it. <laughs> thanks for the twenty. Thanks for the 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 mystery donation, <laughs> um, which was wink a nice amount um, from from. Our friend there, and if you would like to make a donation to us uh, or send us a tip, you can. It's ko-fi.com/slash Beer Engine Podcast, or of course, like like we've said, uh, you can just uh, you can give us a dollar and you get the Discord link for free. You don't have to talk to us, so might not be a bad way to do it. Uh, Tony, why don't we move on to the uh, important news of the day? Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. Oh, we're going there. I thought we were going a different place based on the notes. Oh, shit. No, I'm just kidding. No, Tony, wait. We skipped the most important segment, (laughs) the Lager of the Week. Griff's Lager of the Week. Griff's Lager of the Week. 
You're going alone. I was too busy. I'm sorry. I was thinking, I I got so caught up thinking about the $20,000 that the grammar purist gave us. Couldn't even think straight. Um, just that he's the nicest guy in the world. It's just he, true. He it's truly fun. is, regardless of donation or not. Yeah. And Tony, uh, don't don't ask me where that is. Uh, it's not in the fish taco place um, slot machine, so don't worry about that. But uh, definitely not there. Anyways, uh, Griff's Lager of the Week this week. Tony went on a little Valentine's Day jaunt over the silver stamp. Oh, it was so cute, Tony. Um, it was pretty much empty, but we could get lager. And I drank some Stiegel Hellas, just a classic. Nothing too complicated about that. Stiegel Hell, they served it to me in one of them ceramic steins, which was awesome. Really? Yeah, it was like one of those, you know, you can't see through it, like an opaque ceramic stein. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, whatever. It didn't do anything different than any other glass would, you know. But it was just cool looking, um, and it was it, nice in that old pub at the at the stamp, and it was a delicious tasting uh, lager. I really, really can't say anything more than that. It was on point, tastes fresh, clean line. Can't ask for much more than than that in Las Vegas these days. So that's the lager of the week, and you are not drinking any lager. You said you you quit. Not not worth my time. So let's get on to yeah, beer of the week. All right. You get half an hour today. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fine. Fine. My shout-out this week goes to a beer that's very <laughs> close to a lager. It is, in fact, a favourite style of yours. Coming in at 4.6% ABV by volume is Annie's Ale. Annie's Ale. Mm. Did you want to take a guess at the style? Just ale, that's what it says. Yep, Annie's Ale, 4.6%. 4.6%. You know, I'm not going to say, I want to say pale ale, but I'm not going to say pale ale. I'm going to say it's like a... I'll hold it up to the camera. Does that help? Oh, man. It's like a golden ale. It is golden in color. But it's one of your favorite styles. West Coast IPA. Kolsch, for fuck's sake. Kolsch. Oh, sure, yeah. Hey, that's a golden ale, kind (laughs) of. Sure. (laughs) Sure. All right. How does it stand up to the classics? I mean, Silver Stamp. uh, Silver Stamp serves up Reisdorf Kolsch year-round in a big staunch. How how is this standing up to that? Um, It's immensely drinkable. Um, It's absolutely what what you want to be drinking um, when the weather's warm. I'm not sure whether it stands up to a true classic, but as an Australian example of it, it's one of the easier drinking examples um, mm-hmm. and drinks I exactly the way you want it, Want to. I know you love Kolsch. That's why I tried to give you a hint saying you love the style. No, I'm, only, I'm drinking West Coast IPA, so I'm only thinking of West Coast IPA right now, I guess. Um, Tony, What's your beer of the week? I got a beer that I had been talking about on this show for a little bit now. Uh, Tony, I, at, at that same trip to the Silver Stamp, I, I of course, every time I'm there, you got to scour that bottle list. They have a bottle list that they are 
They are combing. They are curating all the time. Tons of great sours, tons of great stouts. They were the place where I found the like harvest ale mini cans and the um, special like English barley wines and stuff. But wouldn't you know it, I peeked through there and they have the beer, the white whale I'd been chasing for a, a few months now. The Utopia's Barrel Aged Worldwide Stout. I found it. I found it. And bro, hell yeah, it is so good, dude. It's It lives up to the expectations. It's not burning fire hot um, alcohol, but it has all the alcohol burn you're going to want and need. You know I like that anyways. I like like a fusel note to those beers. Yep. But definitely sharp. Looks like stout. Still drinks like stout, but it but it finishes like barley wine. It 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 is big time that like cognac brandy taste that you get in Utopias. That all comes at the end. So it's it's life adjacent. We'll say it's right there in the barley wine universe, despite being obviously you know an eighteen percent stout. So Kelly and I split it. Of course, it was it was a school night, so we had to split that one. But I wasn't going to let that one sit there. I couldn't I couldn't leave without drinking it. So um. It's wonderful. I highly recommend it. It's probably relatively widely available. I mean, if we're getting it in Vegas, you know, you probably find your hand, your, your, your yourself, uh, or get your hands around one. Um, I, I would say, especially if you're on the East Coast or the Midwest, I, I did see our buddy um, W. Tudes got his hands on one, and, and he said he really liked it. But I loved it. I think it's. I think it's. An, I think it's an A plus. I, I that, that was one. I I would not skip that one if you see it in the store. Fair enough. Yeah, top notch. Uh, might might have to might have to get it again. Uh, unfortunately for myself, so uh, I got lucky. It didn't leave me with a headache. I was drinking it, and I was like, "Boy, this is eighteen percent. This is not going to make me feel good in the morning." But it was fine, Tony. Not a big deal. Whatever. All right, all right. Why don't we now we move on to some hyper beer nerd dork shit news, huh? Hyper beer nerd dork shit news. All right. Tony, we got some. Uh, well, you know what? I'm going to close with the the really big news. Let's let's kick off. You posted something here. Good beer week coming up in Australia. Um, oh, actually, it's not. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no. Just kidding. It's been canceled by a fellow named. Oh my God! How do you say this name, Tony? How do you say Chabon? I've seen this name. It's Chabon. Chabon. Chabon Kieran. Born. Okay, I, I've seen this name so many times, and I've never been able to say Siobhan. it. Yeah, the Siobhan. B, the, right. the BH is pronounced like a V in in Ireland or Scotland terms. Siobhan, that's right, that's right. I remember that. Okay, um, but been years. I've, I've seen that before, and I'm like, that's one of those ones. Like, uh, what's it? Shirsi, Sershi. Oh, Sersha Rowan. Sersha Rowan, yeah, that's another person. Yeah, yeah, but her parents made that fucking name up. No oh, shit. Okay. All right. So what happened, Tony? Um, due to the lack of staff, I think venues no. were actually cancelled because we're we still have a mask mandate. We still have a check-in mandate, even though the check-ins aren't really being followed. But um, and a vaccination mandate. But I think the venues themselves were really struggling. It's something that Nick and I sort of noticed that certain venues were struggling with their stuff when we were out in Melbourne, just getting enough people to to man man the stations. So I think that's really the key that they've had to cancel this year because they couldn't guarantee enough venues to 
to have good beer week take place. Sure. Um, yeah. And it really is a varied event. It, it, it goes from sort of dinners to um, tasting sessions to brewers sessions to, to full day events. Uh, it's, a, it's a really um, expansive week, but um, they've had to cancel. I get you. But good news, silver lining, Gab's, the great Aussie Beer Spectacular, will be going ahead 27th to 29th of May. Um, That's good news. Yeah, so which is just essentially just a giant tasting afternoon with a whole bunch of different, different places having small little samples. That sounds fun anyway, so that's okay. Are you going to try to go out there for that? I, I may try and um, head head west and attend that one. I think that would be a fun right. day. I haven't ever done a gab, so I might try and do that um, this year. All right. Well, that means we'll have a busy May because we'll have Mickler and then you'll have this. It'll be a good celebration month. Assuming, obviously, that the deadly virus that's been going around is, uh, you know, not a reason to not do that. So we'll see. Tony, uh, okay, I'm going to jump to this one now. Uh, there was big news in the um, in the beer world uh, out here in the West Coast with Modern Times shutting down a few of their locations. So, Tony, I, I'm sure you're familiar with Modern Times Absolutely. to a point. I, I know I've brought them up here before, but we actually had we some had. Modern Times available at my local IGA. That's how big Modern Times actually became. Yeah, no, for sure, it, and they're they're a big place, but they've, you know, they ran into, uh, I guess, sort of a, I mean, this is the problem. I don't know if you have any places like this, Tony. Do you guys have a place like Modern Times that grew sort of too big, um, too fast? No, no, it's like it, they grew a mile wide and an inch deep. I guess, ah. it, for lack of a better way to say it. So they have all of these locations. So. Uh, so the big news is what they're doing, they're closing their locations in Portland, Oregon, Oakland, Santa Barbara, California, and Los Angeles. So that's four down the coast, right? So Portland, obviously, the farthest north of those. Oakland, yep. up across the bay from San Francisco. Santa Barbara is the central coast-ish, not really, maybe three, two, two and a half hours from L.A. And then... Um, I mean, maybe not even that. And then LA, you know, they're closing one. Now they they originally started in San Diego. I've been to a couple of their San Diego locations. Been to the one in Encinitas, which isn't far from, say, Carlsbad or Oceanside, where we where we go relatively frequently here. But um, those ones are staying open. But they grew in this really unique way. Um, and I don't even know if it's unique, but they grew from opening new locations. Now in Chicago. Typically, the way breweries would grow was they would say, "Okay, our look, we're going to keep adding fermenters. We bought a warehouse space. Yep. We're going to we're going to grow to be more production focused. We have our tap room. Now we're going to be production focused." And it was a big deal when, say, a place like Dry Hop, their growth model was restaurant based. They didn't have a production growth model or a pump out more beer into the market model. It was we have one location. Now we're going to have another location. Okay, and we're gonna you're gonna have three locations. You know, one's gonna have burgers, and one's gonna have pizza, and one's gonna have tacos, or something like that, right? Um, that was a unique model. But here, uh, well, in California, there seems to be more of the model of we're gonna have many locations, and Pizza Port is one of those. Pizza Port has eight to ten locations, in yeah. but they're all focused in that San Diego area. Now, yeah. Modern Times did it where they had eight to ten locations that were like across 
2,200 miles worth of coastline. Yeah. And that nothing, was a little unusual to me. Is there anything like that? Is that, I mean, no. it sounds like a, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. The, 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 there's nothing like that. And that's probably for good reason. That expansion just seems nuts. Like you could even say going up and down the coast of California is kind of nuts cover, covering that sort of ground, but they went outside of state to, to um, expand their growth. But yeah, it just seems like a, a business model that is relying on other industries for its way forward, like a, a coffee well, chain or a hamburger chain for, rather than a beer um, beer brewer. Beer feels so, beer feels like it's been so community focused over the years, right? Where you kind of have to develop yourself into sort of the fabric of the of the day to day with people. Yep. And in a town like Portland, Portland has so many beer places. Uh, it has its own beer. It has its own identity. It, it, it's like the, one of the main, one of the core places where, uh, uh, breweries have taken off, right? Hell, San Diego is on itself. So when someone from one of the other big beer places comes and tries to draw territory in yours, that's weird, right? That's like yeah, unusual. And we weird. went to their Portland spot and it was delicious. Obviously the beers were lovely. The food is great. Um, Speaking of vegan food, they do a great job with it. I mean, all, all of it's wonderful. Um, but it just didn't, it just, it was just such a strange growth model, uh, such a kind of pinky in the brain growth model, you know? Yep. We're going to take over everything. It's just not, you know, and, and they should, I think it's good that they're refocusing on their core zone, right? I mean, it makes sense for them to have their San Diego spots, their spot in Encinitas, that stuff checks out to me, but um, maybe they're going to take more of a pizza port type model where pizza port has five, four, five locations that they brew out of and they produce enough beer to go to production. And, you know, they're, they're rolling good. They've been doing that for 20 years, 25 years. They have. And, but that's more organic growth than, than what seems to have happened at modern times. Like pizza port is one of the more established brands in America um, that I know. Doesn't modern times. It feels like a VC firm got their hand on it in a weird way, doesn't it? Yeah, the way they it does. grew. That's There's some weird call. like like awkward <laughs> private equity or not private equity, it would be VC, it wouldn't be private equity. This what they're doing now would be what private equity would do. But yeah. this is uh it would be like a yeah, oh we're just we're gonna it's Howard Dean. We're going to we're going to this place, we're going to Vermont, we're going to you know, they're <laughs> they're just gonna go to every place. Um it just didn't make sense. No. And I feel bad, obviously, for all the people who, who work there, you know, the Portland place. They've always had nice, you know, relatively nice people. Modern Times also, uh, it should be mentioned, had workplace issues this over the course of the past year, which I'm sure Tony and I spoke very coherently about um, and not bad <laughs> at all. But they've had those problems, too. Um, and that's a fact. I do think that's a factor of growth unbridled growth right you don't have you don't kind of see the problems developing in your in your in your places and it it was time for them to trim back and you know portland if you're if you're a beer worker in portland i hope there's those opportunities for you out there there are tons of lovely breweries but um you know there's not enough probably not enough of those positions for everyone but um hopefully people are able to find their way uh in in those areas so i know it's tough oakland is another weird one oakland is a 
It's tricky. There's a lot of beer up there in the Bay Area. I mean, there is. who's going to who's going to modern times before they go to cellar maker? Whatever. I don't know. But but that was that was some big news. Uh, obviously, they're still doing their production runs and stuff. I mean, we're still getting their beer here in Vegas. That's not going to change. There's still plenty of beer to go around. They still have their biggest facilities. They weren't making that much beer at these buildings. So um, we're still going to get as much modern times as we usually get. And I just saw they just did a big event for modern times out in Greenville, South Carolina. So, you know, they're still pumping them out. So there you go. And Tony, and one more, one more sad piece of beer news. Uh, Hair of the Dog. Tony, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this brewery at all. I, I wasn't until I, I read about them just, um, just after yeah. you posted this story. But Hair of the Dog is a legend in the world of barley wine. Um, now, Tony, don't look up any of their beers, please. Uh, but Tony, okay. uh, they, uh, they, um, <laughs> they are well known for making some of the best barrel-aged beer in the country. Um, lots of different styles of beer, lots of unique styles of beer, but also just some kick-ass barley wine and stout, but they were making Bach beer. They made, they made very, lots of very delicious beer, had a great place in Portland. Um, that actually, ironically enough, Kelly and I went to, um, hair of the dog right after we ate lunch at modern times in Portland, funny enough. So, uh, and now they're both gone. Um, (laughs) Good thing we stopped at Hair of the Dog because we were like, oh, do we have time before we go to the airport? But we, we did, and we uh, we got a couple of uh, barrel-aged beers. But um, great place, great beers. You know, the guy decided that he didn't want to sell or anything, so he just retired. It's not they, they weren't running out of money. He just sort of ran out of patience for doing the gig anymore, and he had opened it for – he had, had it for 20 years or 30 years now and said, I'm done. Yep, started you know? back in 93. Fair enough. I think sometimes you're just done and you don't have, not everything has to turn into i uh, I'm going to sell this off and collect every cent I can for parts. You just, you make the money you need, you live it off, live off of it for a while. And then you say, well, guys, you know, that was rewarding for me. It. Adios. Yeah. Not going to allow you anybody know. else to trade off my hard work. Right. And run it into the ground. Or ruin your legacy or whatever. So again, yeah. obviously there's people who work there and, you know, hopefully, you know, the feller who um, is closing the place down is going to do his best to help, help his folks find work and, and get them uh, re repositioned and give them some kind of severance. Well, it would be my guess, uh, knowing that the, the type of business they are, but. Now I did, I haven't checked untapped for any of their beers, but I, I, I am familiar with, I think one of their beers. Um, and it's it's like a really basic name like Fred or Harry or one of those. Was that mm-hmm. like a, a – is that right? Am I at the right place? Well, Tony, I think you're going to find out shortly. Okay. If that's true or not. But uh, I, I think your mind may be in the right idea. It, it's right. like a name – it's like a basic name. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, interesting. Okay. Doug? Doug, Doug the beer. That's right. Um, so yeah, hair of the dog is gone. They also had good smash burgers, Tony. If you're wondering, um, I was wondering. Good spot, good spot over there at, at hair of the dog. So, um, yep. Tough week for the Portland beer world. Um, I'm not sure if they cared about modern times, but otherwise, <laughs> you know, losing hair of the dog was not so good. Um, but that's all the beer news, Tony. Why don't we move on to a fun game? 
this year, uh, this year, this week, it'll be a, a round of this or that. Oh, will it? Okay, let me find that uh, jingle. I've been on that drop. You got it. Plink, plunk, plink, plunk, 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 This or that. Perfect. All right. Tony, so that's interesting what you said, that you think some of these beers had very basic names. Yeah. Um, well, interestingly enough, you're right. Okay. Uh, these guys had some sort of... Uh, People's names were their beers over at Hair of the Dog. And what I've put together is a list of 10 people's names. 10, 10 names. I have 10 names in a style of beer. And, Tony, you have to tell me if this is a Hair of the Dog beer or if this is a, a Hair of My Head beer <laughs> that I came up with in my brain. Is it is it Hair of the Dog or is it the Man Bun came up with the... Uh, with the uh, okay. With, with these names right here. So this is going to be a tricky one for you, Tony, but I, but I like your chances because you have some level of familiarity with these guys. So I'll start you off with this one. This one is called Todd and Todd is a barrel aged barley wine. Todd. Todd the beer. Todd the beer. It, Todd always reminds me of Toad for some reason. I do know a couple of Todds, and they are kind of Toad-like in their look. Okay. Yeah. Perhaps I've got some bias there. But I'm going to – I could imagine – give me give me a four-ounce pour of Todd. Yeah. Give me a four-ounce pour of Todd. That's a beer. Tony says that's a beer. Tony, that is a fakie. That's one oh. I came up with. That one's faker than than Kelsey Grammer's girlfriend's left titty. That one is not real. So you are wrong on that one. You're 0 for 1. Next up for you, Tony. This one is called Matt. Matt is a barrel-aged <laughs> strong ale. Matt the beer is the barrel-aged strong ale. Barrel-aged. Uh... Fuck, I'm going to pick beer for every one of these because I, I can imagine. Give me a half pint I, I knew of this would be. I, I knew this would be hard, yeah. <laughs> Super a half hard. pint of Matt. Give me a half pint of Matt. Yeah. Give me, I want Matt to be inside me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, Tony, you're right. This one is a beer. Nice. So you do get this one right. You're one for two. Matt is a beer. Matt is a barrel-aged Strong ale. Hey Tony, you wanna you wanna take a gander? What's the rating on Matt? Oh, four point uh, because this doesn't really matter. Four point three four. Uh, let's find out as my untapped loads at a normal speed. Uh, Matt is rated four point two six. It's inspired by Matt Vandenberg and Matt Bonnie of Seattle, who personify the spirit and dedication as helped craft beer become the vibrant industry it has or it is today. It's made with two Munich malts, two smoked malts, and two types of Belgian candy sugar aged in Kentucky bourbon and apple eau de vie barrels. Sounds awesome. It does. <laughs> well, I really bad. Uh, okay, so Matt, you got right. Next up I have for you is Michael, and Michael is a Flanders Red. Jeez, oh, this is tough. Um, 
I, I see this could be the Australian in me, but I think if he was going to name it a beer, he would name it. Um, he would name it Mick, not Michael. So I'm going to mm-hmm. say this is a this is a name, very popular name, more than mm-hmm. it is a beer. So this is a Griff. You, you think this is a Griff special? This is not only is a Griff special. I think this came straight from the man bun. All right, came out of the man bun. You're wrong, Tony. This is oh. a hair of the dog beer. Michael, Michael is a truly a Flanders red. And Tony, it was produced in memory of Michael Jackson. Oh, oh which one? Which one is he going to say? Oh, Blanket. is this why they had to close? Oh no, no, no! It's the beer guy, the Michael Jackson, the beer guy, not the creep. Uh, it was made with organic Pilsner, Vienna, and Munich malts, fermented with a variety of yeast and bacteria, Asian American oak, and sherry cacks, cacks, sherry cacks for 30 months, and it's released every November from the brewery. Tony, it's a 3.81 for this one. Oh, that's so, quite low. Quite low for a Flanders Red, but I bet it's really good. Um, just for the record. Now, they're the variants are the way. Maybe this is why, because I'm looking at the non-variants. So let me look at a an oh yeah. So the variants, the people who check in the year, which is usually the savvier ones, have it rated in the fours. So you might, you might, it might be better than than, than it's getting played off here. All right, here's another one, Tony. This one's called Ben. Ben is a barrel-aged stout. Well, we know Ben thinks a real beer is Ben. Also a Michael Jackson song. Oh, no, that was his. his Which Michael Jackson? No, no <laughs> n- not the big guy. Um, wasn't that his pet rat, Ben? I think that was his <laughs> that pet one, rat. That one, allude, that one eludes me, but, yeah, could be right. Um, I think I think I remember correctly that Ben was his pet rat. Um so does that have anything to do with this? Well, no. Michael, he was talking about Michael Jackson, the beer guy, so. I know. Not the creep, yeah. I could also imagine myself. What style is this? It's a barrel-aged stout. Yeah, give me give me two fingers of Ben. This is a beer, you yep. say. Tony, you are wrong. This is a made-up thing. Ben is not a barrel-aged stout. I made it up. You're one for four. This game is exactly as hard as I thought it would be. So let's try another one. Why not? How about um, how about uh, how about Adam? Adam is an Adam beer. This is probably nothing to do with Adam and Eve, but I could imagine this being named after some biblical figure. This is a beer. Don't know why. Just screams beer to me. You're right, Tony. That one is a beer. That is probably their most famous beer, is Adam. Uh, it was the recreation of a historic beer style originally made in Dortmund, Germany. It was the first beer I produced when I opened Hair of the Dog. Rich in flavor, Adam is best served as a dessert beer, great with chocolate cigars, or just a warm fire and good company. 3.95, 10% alcohol, 28,000 check-ins for Adam. So you're right on that one, Tony. Two... Two for five. You still have time to make up your deficit here. Next up I'm going to give you is this one's called Eric, and Eric is an imperial red ale. Eric is an asshole. Um, Also, his brother Don is an asshole. I think this is a name. I think you 
deliberately put this in because of, you know, he's my favourite Trump out of all of them. <laughs> it's a man bun special. Man bun special. You're right, Tony. I made this one up. So now you're back on track. You're three for six. Uh, Eric is a fakey. Eric isn't real. Eric is there like Eric Cartman. I'm a good guy. I'm a good. I'm a beer. I'm not a beer. I'm a good. Is that what he sounds like? I don't know. Um, Eric, not a beer. Uh, how about this one, Tony? This one's named. <laughs> this one's named Will. Will is a Scotch ale. Oh, you son of a bitch. This could be named after like a William Wallace type character, so beer. I don't know why. I think beer. Tony says beer. And Tony's right. It's a beer. Will is a Scotch ale, and there's no description of it for some reason. And um, it has a 3.77, alcohol. There you go, Will. There you go. Here's some reviews. Not much into Scotch ales, but this stands out. Four point two five. What else we got? Um, mm, Scotch ale four. Uh, uh, any any other good reviews in here? Uh, uh, hashtag craft beer going with the sampler. Period of everything. Cool. So, yeah, there you go. Will is a beer. Tony is four for seven. He's he's over 500. Holy shit. Next one I got for you, Tony, is called Dale. And Dale is an American light lager. Uh, of course, Dale's Pale Ale I'm familiar with from Oscar Blues. Um, of course, you can have beer as the same name, so that doesn't help me. But I think you're going to, you know that I knew that that was a beer, so I'm going to say that you made this up. Man bun. I made this up. All right. You're right. Dale is a fakey. I made up Dale. Tony's on a roll. He's five for eight. He's got two left. Next one I'm going to give him is called Dorf, and it's a Dorf beer. (laughs) Named of Crawl. Course after the great action hero Stephen Dorf. Dorf, Stephen Dorf. That's right. So I think this is a beer. I don't think the man bun is that original. Dorf the Dorf beer. Yeah, I made that up. Ah, oh. it's true. I made up Dorf the Dorf beer. Uh, Dorf. It's just a funny sounding name to me, and I thought of Dorf beer. Are you familiar with Dorf beer? I think it's just a dunkel. Uh, isn't it Dorfmunder Export, which is... Um, oh, that's, Dor- that's Dortmunder. You're oh. kind of mixed up. Dortmunder. A Dorf beer, I think, is just another name for Dunkel. Okay. Um, so, all right, last one, Tony. You're five for nine. Let's see if you can get into the D range. This one's called Fred. And Fred is an American strong ale. This is the one I think I know because... This was the first name that popped into my head when I, I thought about this brewery, and I think Fred is a beer. So um, he's also a soccer player and a frog, but Fred is a beer. Fred is a soccer player. You're right. Um, Fred is a frog. Well, Fred are. Oh, yeah. Right, sure. And it's also a beer named after beer writer and historian Fred Eckhart. 
Um, this Golden Strong Ale incorpor- incorporates 10 hop varieties from five different countries. Um, and uh, it's getting a 3.78, 24,000 check-ins for Fred. It's Tony been around six. for a while, hasn't it, Fred? It has been. I think it's been since they opened. So Very nice, Tony. Six for 10. That's much better than I thought you, you would have done. <laughs> That's um, not a bad effort. So. That was a very tough. That was a tough game. Rip hair the dog. I did love that they named their beers after after people. Um, I loved ordering a, a Fred, and I would have loved to order a Todd. I think that would have been really funny. So maybe if they had been open longer, I could have ordered a Todd or a or a Dorf or a Dale. It went pretty good. All right, Tony. I think that's good enough. Want to wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. Okay, All right, so, tell them where they can get us on Untapped, huh? How about that? I was just about to do that. You can find Griff at Griff AD on Untapped. He's checking in That's a bunch right. of beers. I need to stock up my beer fridge. I'm St. Moz on Untapped. Um, where else can people yeah. find us, Griff, if they want to find us? Try, it. Try us on Instagram, Beer Engine Pod. Try us over email, Beer Engine uh, Show at gmail.com. I would get on our Discord if I were you. Uh, if you want to get our Discord, drop us a note on Instagram, send us an email, or you can donate to us on our uh, donation thing called KO. It's a, it's a buy us a coffee or send us a tip. You know we're not going to use it for coffee. I'm yep. just making coffee in my house. Um, I'm getting my coffee shipped from MF in Sweden. You know, but uh, you can uh, you can do that. It's ko-fi.com slash beer engine podcast and you can send us a dollar and you can get a free link to the discord oh my god that's so cool um tony next week we're gonna have uh, some salty talk so get your, get your mind and body ready for that and maybe try to drink a salty or two uh anything else for the fans no i think that's it thank you again to the grant Grammar Purist. Grammar. Grammar Purist. Thank you to the Grammar Purist oh. for the $20, $20 million donation. That's what I did want to ask our benefactor. Outside of countries using different spellings, are there regional grammar variations? Mm. Just Great question. Yeah. Let's see if we can go on about that for another hour or so next week. That'd be cool. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.